0: in-state recruiting battle kept ripping in the Treasure State as the Bobcats landed a trio of talented Montanans over the weekend, and high school football had another unpredictable Friday. Hello, I am Coulter Nuwanez. Five of the first six in-state recruits to commit for the class of 2021 pledged to Bobby Houck's Montana Grizzlies, but over the weekend, Montana State swung back, landing three highly regarded prospects. First, Florence standout two-way lineman Ethan Abbott, who currently leads the top-ranked team in Class B and will play defensive line at MSU, gave his commitment. Then came the Dowler Twins, Taco and Caden, a pair of electric and fast wide receiver and defensive backs out of Billings West High. Those three are among four Montana products committed to the Bobcats. The other is Burke Mastel, a lineman from Red Lodge. Montana currently holds commitments from Helena High quarterback Caden Hewitt, Helena linebacker Marcus Evans, Hamilton quarterback Tyson Rostad, Missoula Sentinel defensive end Zach Cruz, and Kalispell Glacier kicker Patrick Rohrbach. A pair of the most noticeable prep football results of the week came from two Western Montana Class B contenders. Fresh off a 52-0 win over defending state champion Manhattan, Florence Roll past number seven, Three Forks, 43-0 on Friday. And Loyola, a team that did not score a touchdown last fall, won for the second time this season by outlasting the free-falling Tigers 20-14 in overtime. The biggest upset in the class AA ranks Friday came when upstart Butte posted a 34-20 win over Hewitt and number two, Helena High. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Montana? Happy Wednesday. Welcome back in. Duana is now. 102.9 ESPN Missoula. As well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for joining us. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana swung by. We talked all things NFL as well as sports betting. Alex Elserman, also from SWX Montana, swung by. Part of our Montana State Minute. She gives an update on the Bobcats and uh, all other good things. Southwest Montana sports. And we had a Wing Wednesday where we gave you some fancy football advice and a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We're well, happy now uh, to welcome in longtime football coach and the current head coach for the San Diego Toreros as they make their way to Bozeman, Montana to take on Montana State on Saturday. It's part of our ESPN roundtable. We do this each Wednesday during the 5 o'clock hour. We welcome in San Diego head coach Dale Lindsey. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing fine so far. Thank you. Well,
0: first of all, I think that I've caught up with you in the past because San Diego seems to always find their way to play in Big Sky Conference teams. So with our work at Skyline Sports covering the league at large, it seems we always got San Diego on the radar. I know, Coach, you've played Big Sky teams throughout the years in the playoffs, but particularly this year as well, it's been all Big Sky all the time with a couple Big Sky games already on the docket for you. And Now you have another one coming up against the Bobcats. So what, what is just your perception of the Big Sky Conference? What do you think of these matchups when you take on Big Sky teams?
2: Well, we're playing uphill because uh, we look at it as they've had 62 or 63 scholarships to offer. We've had zero. And it's a good way to evaluate our own team, uh, see how we're going to play under uh, adverse uh, situations and what happens when you play people better than you. And we we found out last week that uh, UC Davis has a pretty good football team.
0: Well, let's talk about that element last week. UC Davis posted a 53-7 to victory over San Diego. And I know that there was a lot of question marks with UC Davis coming into this fall because they had to replace a great quarterback in Jake Mayer, who's now playing up in the CFL. They uh, lost their offensive coordinator, Tim Plow, of the best coordinators in the league who made his way to Boise State. Uh, but it seems like they got it really rolling. So uh, just your thoughts on the Aggies. What were their strengths, and uh, what did you think of Dan Hawkins' overall team?
2: Well, I've known Dan a long time. He used to come to training camp when I coached with the Chargers. And he's put together... I think that this is his best addition. They have the size, the speed, and the strength at every spot that I saw. I didn't see any weaknesses in their team. And uh, they uh, have an array of trick plays, which whoever's going to play them better be alert for them. Uh, just when you uh, try to tighten up for them knocking you down, they come with some wild, crazy uh, uh, Double pass or reverse pass something, and you got a guy running wide open, and they sort of blow the game open. That's what they did to us. I think we we stood firm with them as far as blow to blow, but they were just faster, bigger, and stronger. And that's what we that's what we run into when we get into the big sky with the scholarship schools.
0: Dale Lindsey joining us. He's the head coach of San Diego. They make their way to Bozeman to take on the Bobcats on Saturday. It's the only game in the state of Montana. Montana, University of Montana, is on a bye. Uh, Coach, one more thought on UC Davis. Uh, You mentioned you've known Coach Higgins for a long time. I know that when he was at Boise State, they kind of had a penchant for uh, and a love for those trick plays as well. So, um, you've been around the game a long time. It's one thing to to have sort of trick plays in your arsenal, it's another thing to sort of make it a, a trademark of yours. So how do you think that you go about doing that without making it too much of a risk or too much of a sideshow? How, how has Hawk been able to do that so often throughout his career?
2: Well, I think I think his team right now is very physical and tough with the base offense that they, that they normally use week in week out. This addition that he's added, particularly perimeter plays, double passes and trick plays, has it's just given another dimension, so you really can't load up on him to stop something particularly uh, that he does well. So I think it's a really good addition to their offense, and they uh, sort of keep you off balance, which is a little bit different than they've done in the past.
0: And one more question on the Big Sky, because you guys opened with Cal Poly and a whole new look for the Mustangs under Bo Baldwin. Uh, No more triple option. Now they're playing a more wide-open style like Coach Baldwin sort of established as his identity, first at Eastern Washington and then at Cal. Uh, So what were your thoughts on Cal Poly, your guys' season opener?
2: Well, I think they have a good team. Uh, I don't think they have the size or speed that Davis has, but they're very physical. I thought his defense uh, was better than they presented to us in the past. And I think they're doing a good job with Polly uh, I think anytime a coach walks into a program that uh, has changed coaches, there's a reason you're there. So you either change uh, the way the players work or you change players. I don't know which one he's done, but I think he's doing a really good job at Cal Poly.
0: Well, Coach, before we get into this week's game, let's talk a little bit about San Diego in general. I know that it is a beautiful school, a beautiful campus, an excellent academic institution. I mean, one of the premier schools in the country, quite honestly, and I know the Pioneer Football League is a league that's made a lot of progress in terms of earning an automatic bid to the FCS playoffs and the competitiveness that some of the teams are operating with. I know that it's a little bit of a sweet science in terms of building FCS caliber teams with, like you mentioned, not having athletic scholarships available to you. So t- take us through it, the challenges and, and what it's like recruiting to a school like that, because it seems like you have a lot of stuff to sell per- prospective recruits, but also uh, probably a little bit difficult given the academic standards and the fact you don't have athletic scholarships.
2: Well, our selling point here is the academics, and, and uh, there are some really good players out there who want academics more than they want a scholarship of football. And so we try to find out who they are and lure them here to San Diego, which the other thing we we sell quite handily is we have beautiful weather and should anyone listening know where there's a better weather spot, call me, I'll go with you. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, and we've had a, 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 a pretty good winning percentage here. So. If you've got good academics and you're winning and you've got good weather and you have beautiful girls, those are things that we're trying to sell that that, uh, hopefully somebody wants. And we've been very fortunate in finding kids who in in some years have been uh, recipients of scholarship offers that they didn't care for the academics at certain schools and they they chose us. And we're very happy that they did. It's just that... uh, We have some uh, high standards academically that we have to have them meet. And, of course, I think one of the, the best parts of this program are the parents who make great sacrifices for their sons to come here and play football.
0: Dale Lindsay, head coach San Diego, joining us here on Nuana's Now. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. You need a place to watch football this weekend, whether it's high school football on Friday night, you want to watch the Bobcat game on Saturday, or any college football Saturday, you want to watch the NFL on Sunday, head on down to Paradise Falls. they got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a great place for the whole family to go enjoy yourself some football. A coach, from an on-field perspective, you guys have had tremendous success uh, during your time there at San Diego. I think 68-21 and 21 overall, and uh, only four conference losses in the Pioneer League. And you, you went four straight years without losing a Pioneer League game as well. So, uh, got to the playoffs multiple times. I know you won some playoff games, particularly against Big Sky Schools. Took out Cal Poly as well as Northern Arizona a couple years back. So, what has gone into the success that you guys have had at San Diego? What has helped you uh, sort of craft your team into the premier squad in the Pioneer Football League?
2: Well, I think I'm blessed with 10 really good coaches who are here for the right reasons. They're here to do the right thing. They are excellent at evaluating and recruiting players. And we've been very successful on getting some players here. Uh, Some, I think, shouldn't have been here. should have been at bigger schools. And... uh, that wanted what we had to offer academically and, and weren't fazed by the cost of school. So, I think it's been a sort of a, a perfect storm where there were years where we just wound up with kids that that were exceptional, and uh, that they played hard and, and things fell right for us. I mean, we we like I say we've had some uh, really lucky winning streaks and. We just got to keep finding the, the right chemistry for these guys and hopefully we can hit on some of the, the future Terraros like we have in the past and if we do then we'll continue with a, with a successful program. You mentioned
0: the, the cost of tuition and that, that's definitely an eye opener especially when you talk about a private school like San Diego. You also mentioned the parents so when you are recruiting is that a, a big part of it is this recruiting the parents?
2: Well, I consider that my job. I, I think nice. the coaches do a great job recruiting the players. And it's my job when we get the parents here to convince them that it's in their best interest to put out roughly around $75,000 a year for their son to come to school here. One of the selling points that we have had in the past is in the eight years I've been here, we're graduating 95% of our players, which is an object of, should be an object of any college. And uh, most of our kids are in the six-figure range when they leave here, so uh, there is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just four years getting there, and we hopeful that uh, we're hopeful that some of our players who are striking it rich also pay back their student loans rather than dumping on their parents. And like I say we we've been very fortunate in having kids that we have drone engineers. We have one boy that works on Star Wars multiple business guys who are in sales, CPAs. And every now and then, we have a coach. And uh, we don't don't know what he's doing here, but every now and then we've had a player to get into coaching. Some of them have come back. We've hired some of them back here at USD that were good players and, and want to go into coaching. And So we've been very fortunate in finding the right kids with a bunch of great parents.
0: Dale Lindsay joining us head coach of San Diego, the ESPN Roundtable here on Nuwana's Now, 1029 ESPN Radio as well as statewide television, SWX Montana television. And, Coach, let's talk a little bit about your coaching career. You have been coaching since 1974, and you coached for years and years and years in the NFL before diving into the college ranks uh, later on in your career. So, uh, first of all, just take us through your time in the league. I know that you coached some great players, coached some great teams uh, during your time in the NFL, but what was that experience overall like for you?
2: Well, playing and coaching, I had 29 years in NFL. There's probably not a better place to uh, make money and develop a retirement and enjoy yourself at the same time. Now, is there pressure? Yeah, there's a lot of pressure there to win. I know the folks sitting at home watching those games on Sunday afternoon or Saturday or whatever, there, there's a whole lot of time spent in those offices just trying to figure out a way to beat the other guy. I feel very fortunate in that I feel like ever since nineteen seventy four I've never really had a job. I'm coaching, uh, whether it be NFL college or I think even goes to high school. I've been very fortunate and to do something I really like and therefore I don't consider it work. It's like I'm getting I got a hobby that's paid me pretty good throughout life. I've just been very fortunate and I've uh had the opportunity to have, I used the word, they, Junior say I'm Brian Errocker, coach me, I didn't coach them, they're both in the Hall of Fame, and that would be a pleasure for anybody, uh, at any level, to have somebody like that, that uh, I can tell you right now, I can do anything physically you ask them to do, and not all of us are like that, but that's, <laughs> that's a rarity to have, uh, but like I said, I, I've, I've enjoyed high school as much as I've enjoyed the NFL. It's uh, a way to stay young. These players keep you on your toes. I got, like I said, I have 10 coaches here. I don't know a thing about a computer, so I have to call on those guys to help me all the time. And it's just been a, a wonderful ride. And I'm hoping that to uh, stay on the merry-go-round for a few more years. Well, it's very well put. <laughs>
0: Junior Seau, particularly, one of my favorite players of all time and a guy that just had so much magnetism. I mean, a guy that seemed like everybody gravitated toward. Uh, But you mentioned his physical skills, but more than that, I mean, just the man that he was. That must have been a true pleasure to be around him for the time that you were.
2: Oh, absolutely. Junior's one of the finest people I've ever met in the game. Uh, But people don't realize what you saw on Sunday afternoon. He did Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, too and he only knew one speed at 100 miles an hour. That's how he practiced. Uh, I can't say that we always had a lot of eye on everything, but that's player-coach relationship anyway. And the same with Brian Urlacher. Urlacher had the same talent distributed in a different way. Junior might have been a bit more explosive in five- to seven-yard area, but both of them... Uh, God gifted them with so much DNA, it's unbelievable. And what's really nice is both these guys had great pride in their workmanship. They were always ready. You could never ask them to do too much. And for those wannabes out there that uh, are blessed with that kind of talent, they had great work habits. They did not mess around. I mean, when they came to practice, you you thought they were playing a game. Let's talk about your
0: transition into the college game. You come back uh, to college in 2007 as a linebacker's coach at San Diego, then spent some time in New Mexico State before then becoming the D.C. at San Diego, and you've been the head coach there since 2013. What what lured you back to college? What, what made you want to coach at the college level later in your career?
2: Well, my wife would not leave San Diego. <laughs> and When I came back here from the Redskins, uh, I had a friend, Dave Adolph, who I coached with at the Chargers. I called Dave, and Dave was the defense coordinator here at the University of San Diego. And I said, Dave, I, I don't have anything to do. Can I come down to your limo driver? And he said, uh, I'm getting ready to retire. I'm going back to Ohio. I'll go talk to Ron Carriger, who was the head coach, about maybe giving you a shot. I came down the next day. I didn't even know where the school was. And honestly, I was here eight, eight years and hadn't heard of it. And I came down I talked to Ron Carriger. He gave me a uh, a shot to come here and coach for nothing and I did I enjoyed it and uh that was the start of my tenure here at USD and I left and went to Mexico State with Dwayne Walker for three years I promised Dwayne that I'd stay over there three years I did and I came back here Ron happened to have a job open and he gave me an opportunity and then he left and of all things he recommended me and I luckily fell into this and uh it's been uh, really rewarding. I, I, I think you uh, get more somehow seeing uh, an 18-year-old grow into a 22-year-old and go off into the world and make something of himself. Uh, I think it's nice to have coach in the NFL, but there's a little different flavor when you're helping an 18-year-old become 22 and he gets a great job or we have one or two, three players in the league. So it's, been, it's, it's very, very nice, and, and I'm very grateful to the University of San Diego for giving me a chance.
0: Well, a couple more things for you, Coach. Thanks for taking the time today. Dale Lindsay joining us, the head coach for San Diego. His Toreros take out Montana State on Saturday in Bozeman. And one broad question I want to ask you, Coach, the fact that you've been involved in football for the majority of your life and for decades and decades and decades, how has football in general in your mind changed? What are the biggest changes you've seen to the game?
2: Well, they actually give players water this day and age. I never saw that. When I started in the 7th grade in in Bowling Green, Kentucky, they had a 7th, 8th, and ninth grade team and a varsity team, and my parents lived directly across from the high school practice field. And I started there in the 7th grade, 1955. I got my first drink of water in 1971 in Cleveland. And nobody died of dehydration or anything and we didn't have a very good diet so i I, I think the thing i've seen is hydration uh weight room uh emphasis on diet and uh i think there's a lot of players from the dark ages including myself who could play today but i think the players of today are better trained and better nutrition they're hydrated and uh I think it's sort of like, I, I kid the guys all the time. We didn't play by the Marcus of Queensbury rules either. It's like you could crack back below the waist, and uh, there weren't a lot of rules back then. It was like, uh the strongest to survive, and, and if you get hurt, so be it. And that's just the way it was. It was a different, I think it was a little more physical and a different game back then. But I think it's a, a much faster and better coach game today by, uh, by the players and the coaches that are involved. Let's
0: well, talk about this matchup this weekend. Montana State coming off a 45-7 to win over Drake. Drake is from the Pioneer Football League as well, so a team that your squad's familiar with. But Coach, when you put on the, the tape, what do you see out of the Bobcats?
2: Well, I see a very physically talented team that's very tough. Uh, love their offensive line. Uh, they're good bunch of guys. I think their quarterback is extremely talented. They're running back the same way. Wide receivers. Uh, looks like the quarterback gets bored every now and then, drops back and says, well, I'm just going to throw this 50 yards. Somebody run under it, catch it. And they do. I think it's a very good uh, outfit that uh, will be very competitive in the big sky. And uh, I know that uh, I think probably the worst, beating we've taken since I've been a head coach here was our first year in the playoffs when we played the University of Montana at their home stadium. So I have a great respect for the Montana football system because they're a bunch of tough guys and uh, we're looking forward to come up and do the best we can against them.
0: Personnel-wise, you look at the defense, uh, number 15, Troy Anderson, uh, he's uh, all, all everything, done everything in his career, uh, exceptional player. I mean, he's been all-league and all-American at running back, quarterback, linebacker, everything. Now he's playing in the middle of that defense. I know he's only uh, played that Mike spot for two games, so you've probably only seen him this year uh, play in that spot. But uh, is he a guy that stands out? And if so, what stands out about him? Is there anybody else that pops on film for you defensively for the Cats?
2: Well, I like their size and, and the way they run to the ball good tackling. Uh, I think all good defenses are good tacklers, and I, I see that from uh, Montana State. And uh, we're going to have to figure out a way on offense to try to minimize that, try to get some more one-on-one shots, maybe make somebody miss in the, in the open field or, or close in space. But uh, don't see a, <laughs> I don't see a lot of holes in their, in any part of their game
0: well coach last thing for you then you mentioned all of this awesome stories that you have throughout your coaching career and just you know like you said it was it's not even really a job for you you had a hobby that you got paid for but what keeps you in it now i mean what what keeps you going still uh, as you reach now you know your fifth or sixth decade uh, as a college coach a, a pro coach everything in between what keeps you invested in the game and keeps you, you chugging along here at san diego
2: i just like football i always have and and. Coming down here every day, I look forward to it. I like interacting with the coaches. Um, I also really enjoy the, the little give and take with the players, the challenge of going to practice and trying to get it right. And I know the players sometimes, they don't like to hear this, but do it over. When we don't do it right, we get a chance to repeat it. And it's just an exciting moment for me every day to um, be around football. Now, there's some days I remember uh, Fritz Shermer, who was the defense coordinator for the Packers, told Mike Holmgren sometimes, he said, sometimes, Mike, I'm not going to feel like coming in on Monday. <laughs> and he wouldn't do it. There There's some days when I don't want to get out of bed early and come on down here, but once I get up and get going, I can't wait to get here. And uh, I just think it's a, a joy to be around the 10, 11 men I work with and be around the 75, 80 guys we have on our squad who are uh, constantly keeping you on your toes. You learn something from them every day. Uh, there's only a 50 years difference between my age and them. And of course we don't see things the same way. And sometimes I have to learn to see things their way. It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to grow every day and I look forward to it and I hope to continue on.
0: Well, Coach, it's been a distinct pleasure catching up with you, getting to know you a little bit, and hearing your stories. I've always been fascinated by your career and uh, what led you now to coaching in the FCS, but uh, you're definitely a guy that has a lot of respect from people here in the state of Montana, and we can't thank you enough for joining us here on the ESPN Roundtable on
2: Nuances Now. Well, it's been a pleasure. We look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday.
0: Dale Lindsey. Head coach for San Diego, his team takes on Montana State Saturday afternoon, Bobcat Stadium. Coach, safe travels, and in the meantime, best of luck on Saturday.
2: All right, thank you very much.
0: ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. It's also part of our opposing coach interview because the Grizzlies, they do not have an opponent this week. So that opposing coach interview as well as ESPN Roundtable presented in part like Mike Nugent, Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. Mike is your local real estate expert. It's a good time to buy, a good time to sell, no matter what it is. Mike Nugent, Berkshire Hathaway, they have you covered, reminding you every question is good to ask. New segment coming up: River City Runners. Diego Hammett, Sentinel Cross Country Coach, will join us next here on Nuanas Now.
2: in Missoula Sports Center.
0: The in-state recruiting battle kept ripping in the Treasure State as the Bobcats landed a trio of talented Montanans over the weekend, and high school football had another unpredictable Friday. Hello, I am Coulter Nuwanez. Five of the first six in-state recruits to commit for the class of 2021 pledged to Bobby Houck's Montana Grizzlies, but over the weekend, Montana State swung back, landing three highly regarded prospects. First, Florence standout two-way lineman Ethan Abbott, who currently leads the top-ranked team in Class B and will play defensive line at MSU, gave his commitment. Then came the Dowler Twins, Taco and Caden, a pair of electric and fast wide receiver and defensive backs out of Billings West High. Those three are among four Montana products committed to the Bobcats. The other is Burke Bastel, a lineman from Red Lodge. Montana currently holds commitments from Helena High quarterback Caden Hewitt, Helena linebacker Marcus Evans, Hamilton quarterback Tyson Rostad, Missoula Sentinel defensive end Zach Cruz, and Kalispell Glacier kicker Patrick Rohrbach. A pair of the most noticeable prep football results of the week came from two Western Montana Class B contenders, fresh off a 52-0 win over defending state champion Manhattan Florence Rohrbach, rolled past number seven three forks 43 to zero on Friday and Loyola a team that did not score a touchdown last fall won for the second time this season by outlasting the free-falling Tigers 20 to 14 in overtime the biggest upset in the class AA ranks Friday came when upstart Butte posted a 34-20 win over Hewitt and number two Helena High this ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory And welcome back. Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN, Missoula, as well statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio, Northwest Motorsports. Find them online, the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Visit online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Time now for another great new segment we're unveiling here at Nuanez Now. Someday these will not be new. I won't have to say this every time. They'll just be part of your daily habits and your lexicon, as it were, for this show. It's River City Runners, presented by Zootown Sports Cards. We're going to feature people from around the running community, both in Missoula and around the state of Montana. Big running town here in Missoula. So this will feature college and high school coaches and athletes, as well as maybe some local runners. There's a lot of really accomplished and great local runners, like when the Missoula Marathon's coming around, they you know probably have the winner on the show, things like that. So be focused on running. Zootown Sports Cards. Located there right across the street from Blazer Field, the corner of South and Higgins. An awesome place. They have all sorts of cool collectibles, sports cards, everything in between. I got a bunch of cards right here that I uh, bought down there the other day. This is a really cool one right here. I don't know if the camera can fully see it, but it's uh, a 1959 Topps card. Chronicling when Ted Williams returned uh, from the Korean War in 1953. So I got that one down there the other day. Of course, got myself a little Brett Favre action. Our fearless leader here at little Broadcasting the biggest Packers fan in the world. So got a little Brett Favre stuff to show off to her. Got a little Allen Iverson here as well. So Zootown Sports Cards, whether you're beginning your collection, you're enhancing your collection, you're just getting back into collecting, you want to learn more about collecting, you want to see some sweet memorabilia aside from sports cards, all of it, go see Jason Hillary and everybody else down at Zootown Sports Cards. They do an awesome job. It's a fun place, great hobby for people of all ages, and they're the proud presenters. Of River City Runners. Well, happy now for the debut of another new segment here on Nuanas Now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television SWX Montana Television. It's our River City Runners segment, presented by Zoo Town Sports Cards. Zoo Town Sports Cards is an awesome place here in Missoula. They have all sorts of collectibles, including mainly, of course, trading cards. The trading card business, the trading card industry, is at a fever pitch right now. It's really made a resurgence around the country. So if you need to get your kids into some sort of healthy, fun hobby, head on down to Zoo. Town Sports Cards, if you're reviving an old school hobby, it's fun, man. I've gotten back into it. It's been really great I to, to let it roll a little bit myself as well, buying some packs of cards and reliving my youth, so to speak. So if you need any sort of fun, you want a new hobby, you want to revive your old hobby, head on down to Zootown Sports Cards today. Our first guest on River City Runners, Diego Hammett. He's the cross-country coach for the defending state champion, Missoula Sentinel Spartans. Diego, welcome to Nuanas Now. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: First and foremost, let's talk about this last year, because last fall, an outstanding and banner year for Sentinel Athletics, particularly on the boys' side of things. The Sentinel Golf Team won a state championship. The Sentinel Football Team won a state championship. And then, of course, the Sentinel Cross Country Team won their first state championship in quite some time. So uh, take us through it, Diego. What did did it take to get Sentinel to the mountaintop to be the Class AA champions a year ago? Well, the
1: guys last year, was our goal was to to win the title. Um, We looked at it. We were third the year before. We had a good team coming back and that was our goal. Win a a city title and then go into state and bring home a state title. And that was our focus all year long. Um, Barring injury or anybody getting sick and I thought we had a really good shot and it showed um, just how we came together as a team and the leadership that we had and the focus and the determination that that the kids showed. it, It all played out for us in the end and we were able to pull that off so i was proud of their work ethic they were humble about it they were hungry about it and they wanted it and they went after and got it so and it it showed
0: Cross-country, track, and field, both fascinating because uh, I love covering the sports because you need to be your best when your best is needed. In other words, you have to basically perform at your best to win that state championship when it is the state meet. And a lot of times things like being healthy, not being sick, not being injured goes into it as well. But uh, how are you able to sort of help your guys channel that and peak at the right time and and perform their best uh, when it was on the biggest stage? I
1: just, you know, I go into the season looking at, our meet schedule, looking at um, what we have to do. And I try and set up my, my training schedule to, to move us along through the season to where we're right ready to peak at city and at state. And I change things up during the season. If I notice something like kids are being lethargic or are not performing the way they should, then we'll switch up workouts. Um, I look at kids and ask them how they're feeling. Um, if there's kids that aren't feeling well, I, you know, I will sit them out you know, just to give them that rest to maybe mentally get refocused or physically refocused. Um, And like I said, the kids were less, last year, the kids were eager to do it. They just, they were just hungry and wanted to get after it. And that's, that's hard holding that, you know, those type of kids back when they're that, they have that desire to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish.
0: Tanner Clough. An awesome finish for him individually, but also Wyatt Morrison in the top ten as well, Chase Green. Those guys all were, were really good uh, individually, but that's part of the the team element, right? So uh, what can you say to us about the way those guys sort of bought into it? Because you're obviously chasing your highest individual finish, but a lot of times there's some strategy when it comes to the team portions of the races and cross-country as well. So uh, how do you just ca- kind of compare and contrast the way that your guys bought into the team aspect? Oh, the Team-wise, we're like, it's all
1: about the team of the individual will take care of itself, and it has. I mean, we, we talked, talked about it, you know, running together as a team, trying to push each other in practice as a team, and the individual will take care of itself. Um, we're all more of a team. And this year, you know, with Tanner Clump leading the way, um, a lot of guys have piggybacked on him when it comes to workouts, when it comes to running, and they just continue to work together as a team. And like I said, everything's working out the way it, it should be right now. So...
0: The debut of River City Runners here on Nuwana is now. Diego Hammond. he is the cross-country coach at Missoula Sentinel. Joining us here on the Rankish Brothers RV phone line here on ESPN Radio. And Diego, let's talk about now coming into this year. I know you've had a couple a of meets in, uh, under your belt, the Mount West Classic coming up this weekend uh, at the University of Montana golf course here in Missoula. So um, what's it been like early? What's early returns for you guys? And what's the dynamic like when you are the defending state champs? I know that like Dane Oliver with the Sentinel football program. We've talked to him pretty extensively about, you know, Sentinel. They kind of have a bullseye on their back now. Everybody's trying to knock off the, the defending state champions. Is, does that dynamic exist in cross country? And what have you thought of your guys' performances uh, so far early on in the young season?
1: Um, well, first of all, yeah, I think there is a target on our back, but I've, we've strived to become one of the best teams in the program. We've always wanted to be. And we've always looked at Bozeman and Hellgate. They're the top two teams. And for the longest time, ours was, all right, let's, let's go after Hellgate. You know, they're in our town. We're rivals. Let's strive to go after them. And we did, we got, we got them and we continued to like, Hey, you know, yes, we have a target on our back, but let's continue to work. You know, we know we have Hellgate tailgate wanting to come after us and they do you know they do they have a great team Anders does a great job with his program um so we want to continue to strive build our program up the guys the younger guys are buying into it and it's it's working out really good um what was the other part of the question so our first our first meet you know we went out and we we performed i thought we performed the way we should have um we looked good a lot of room for improvement um, the second meet up in kalispell um tanner didn't run he had a college visit and my uh, one of my my number five runner jacob sherman he didn't run he wasn't feeling very well so we sat him out and the guys who stepped in for him did a great job we ended up ended up coming out of the meet first on the guys and second on the girls
0: what do you think about this upcoming meet what's it going to be like being back in missoula and uh, what do you think of the, the general course there at the university of montana golf course
1: um we like the course um we've one of our goals have always been to try and win this meet we've never i don't think in when i've coached we've never won it um, so that's one of the goals going in. We'd like to win the meet, and the guys are looking good and they're looking really focused for this weekend.
0: Well, Diego, it's a pleasure having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Best of luck both this upcoming weekend and throughout the season. Hopefully, the pursuit of another state championship goes well for you. But in the meantime, thanks so much for joining us here as our debut guest on River City Runners.
1: All right, thank you.
0: Community man, always really fascinating to catch up with those sorts of people. If you uh if you enjoy running. I think it says a lot about your psychology as a human. You probably like being alone, you like learning about yourself, you like being alone with your thoughts, sort of going through your own mental catalog. So in turn, a lot of times, runners, distance runners particularly, interesting interviews because they've thought about a lot of different things, particularly within their own selves, They're very self-aware. That's a River City Runners. New segment here on Nuana is now presented by Zootown Sports Cards. Zootown Sports Cards, located right across the street from Dorn Blazer Field, corner of South and Higgins. Great spot if you're looking to buy or sell cards. You're looking to bolster your collection. You're looking to get back into collecting. You're looking to start collecting. All that and more. Zootown Sports Cards has all of that for you. So go check them out. Jason Hillary, everybody down there. They're great. And uh, they've really revitalized my collecting habits as well, which has been very fun uh, for me. Take you home. Give you a preview for the rest of the week and uh, talk a little bit of college football. Keep it right here. Gets being radio.
1: Tijuana is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
0: montana welcome back Nuanas now 1029 espn radio as well as swx montana television i'm through Nuanas. broadcasting to you live from the northwest motorsport studio visit northwest motorsport online nwmsrocks.com that's nwmsrocks.com you can check out the lar- largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the pacific northwest miss anything today's show Awesome guest list, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, swung by. Talk NFL and uh, including gambling, sports gambling, best bets. Our Make It Rainy podcast. I'll be joining him and Zach Kaplan, um, pretty much every week of the year throughout the NFL season, doing uh, picks, leans, passes, all of the above. So you can check the Make It Rainy podcast out a little later on this week as well. Uh, I believe actually Sean probably produced it last night because I think he's off now on Wednesdays. So that one's uh, likely up there. Let's go check that out as well. Alex Eshelman, also from SWX Montana Television, swung by, talk all things Montana State as part of our Montana State Minute. Also, gave some fancy football advice, some wings, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill as part of our Wing of Wednesday. Heard from Dale Lindsay, head coach of San Diego, the Toreros, are in Bozeman, only college football game in the Treasure State this weekend. I'll be over there uh, in Bozeman I uh, cover the Bobcat game. Coach Lindsey's been at San Diego for eight years, but he's also been a coach in some form or fashion uh, since 1974. And he's been involved in football since the 50s. He played in the NFL from 61 to 74, coached in the league for 27 years, and has been at San Diego for all, the better part of a decade. So very interesting interview about the evolution of football. Also, some great insight into some of the great players he coached while in the league, including Hall of Famers like Brian Erlacher and Junior Seau. And then we debuted our River City Runners featuring Diego Hammett, the head cross-country coach for the Sentinel Spartans. All that from today's show can be found on the podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, SportsBet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Speaking of Blackfoot, They're another proud sponsor of a lot of our podcast stuff around here, Missoula Broadcasting Company, as well as uh, ESPN Radio, Skyline Sports, all the above. But Blackfoot Communications and First Security Bank, the two presenting sponsors of Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champions. I know football season's rolling. We've been trying to get all of our ducks in a row before we start releasing these things. I have recorded episodes already, including one with Dylan McFarlane, which we'll have out before the weekend, as well as one I'm recording tomorrow with Johnny Montana. John Edwards, the Billings West product who led the Grizzlies as a quarterback to that 2001 National Championship, one of Montana's favorite sons. Uh, Get some tracks laid down with him tomorrow as well. So very much looking forward to tack to John Edwards uh, tomorrow. But we'll be rolling out Grizz Greats. Probably do one a week throughout the rest of football season. Um, But we have a couple already recorded. I know we're a little bit uh, delayed in terms of aligning with the beginning of football. But have no fear. We will have another Grizz Greats podcast series for you. You can find Grizz Greats on all your podcast hosting platforms, whether it's Grizz Greats the Coaching Tree, chronicling the epic head coaching lineage from the Judd Heathcoaching Coaching Tree, or Grizz Greats the Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, a 25-part podcast series about the 1995 Grizzlies, or now this one, Grizz Greats the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champs. Tomorrow, Gus Tutel back in the seat.